Welcome to the Round Pegs Square Holes podcast, hosted by myself, Sebastian Bates, and Timothy Fair Matthews. A podcast made by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. We're launching our podcast with a series of raw but real interviews with some of the world's leading business mentors, industry experts, and entrepreneurs with incredible stories. Our goal is to inspire, educate, and entertain. So if it's your first time joining us, make sure you go back to episode one and don't miss a thing as you listen to incredible insights from our speakers. This is the Round Pegs Square Holes podcast. Welcome back to today's live interview. I'm here today with JP, Jean-Pierre. And Jean-Pierre is a professional speaker, high-impact coach, author, and elite vegan athlete. JP's been with us before on the last uh, one, of, one of our previous interviews, where we talked about the psychology of sales. Today, it's all about self-mastery and leadership. So JP, how are you, mate? I'm very good. That was such a radio introduction. You know what? It's, it's how I roll nowadays. <laughs> you've been, you've been becoming more and more radio every interview, you know? You didn't put the radio mic. <laughs> I'll, you know, I've even got the radio mic. I'll be on the BBC by the end of this podcast. You yeah, know, no <laughs> how are you, mate? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. How has how has your week been? Yeah, pretty good. Balance between doing what we need to do and doing what we want to do. I think that's yeah. the best the best week to have. Balance between yeah, right. wants. That's that's very very. Typical, I think, for a lot of people watching, you know, trying to find that balance, especially now, right? How, how do you find a balance when everything's been turned upside down for you? That's a challenge. Yeah, it's just boundaries. You know, the boundaries are different, but just because you don't have your normal life doesn't mean mm. you have to drop all of your boundaries. You just have to set new ones, have new conversations, have new rituals, create new space. But it's, it's all down to boundaries, you know. Everyone so, is respectful. If there's boundaries and trust yeah, and all that stuff, but boundaries yeah. first. So, I've and ultimately, ultimately, a lot of that comes from perspective, right? I mean, if you if you've got perspective, you're able to to kind of see, you know, where that tension is and where your boundaries are. Well, yeah, exactly. If you don't take the time to sit, think, assess, adjust, ask the ask the right questions or good questions, how can you ever know where to put boundary? You don't even know where you yeah. are. Yeah, completely. Well, I hope, I hope today we can ask you lots of good questions. <laughs> Definitely. If people don't set boundaries or have boundaries after our conversation, then it's simply because the only boundary they're lacking is giving themselves permission to get out of their own way. Because uh, yeah. as long as you put into action some of what we're going to discuss, uh, yeah, you'll yeah. be a good our, our last interview was really interesting. I think a lot of our viewers got a lot of benefit and value out of that. You know, we, we, we essentially we, we started off the you know the Round Peg Square Holes podcast with you. You know, you were the you were the the first in line on this awesome podcast, um, where we spoke about the psychology of sales, and that was all about you know that ultimately one one of the one of the most important aspects of running and launching a business, right? How how uh, how uh, how you kind of how you how you sell and how that you how you communicate that value. So that was that was really interesting. And um, today it's it's a very different topic and probably a, a topic as you said, which is your main 
topic. It's one of the things that, you know, you are all about, right? Self-mastery and self-leadership. Yeah, so first of all, the last one was really great conversation. If I had to sum it up, I would say it's not about selling. It's no. about the it's about the meaning that you bring to selling through your language, through your connection, through the attitude, through the association. You know, is it a transaction or is it a relationship that you're building, regardless of whether the sale goes through? So, meaning is one of the things that actually is so incredibly important when it comes to self mastery. Mm. Yeah, this this conversation is about self mastery, right? Let's start with meaning. How can you ever master your life and master yourself if the meaning that you have for your existence is life is just about surviving? Yeah. Well, wow. how can you truly, uh, truly, how can you truly have a life and a business of mastery, of abundance, of great meaning, if the meaning behind your business is to make money? Hmm. Like there's, there's got to be more meaning behind what you're doing. Otherwise, if it's not a powerful meaning, not from here, but from here, will there be passion? And if there's no meaning, there's no passion, will there be purpose? And if there's no meaning and no passion and no purpose, will there be happiness? And that's the goal of anything in life it doesn't matter if you're a ruthless business person you're a stay-at-home uh, parent or you're a monk goal in life is to be happy now to be truly happy you've got to be healthy right without your health you're screwed so let's say the ultimate goal in life is to be healthy and to be happy and for us to be healthy and happy we've got to rewind if that's the desired outcome you have to look at your life today and say, right, for me to be healthy and happy today, never mind the future, what is the meaning of my day going to be? Very, very interesting. There's a lot of patterns between what you say and other other interviews we had, you know. It's it's something that's I think a lot of people who are watching this today might find that pattern. And it's um, it's it's a powerful why, right? Why? Why are you doing? Why are you doing what you're doing? Yeah, exactly. So, with the reason. Yeah, exactly. The meaning behind it. The the reason for getting out of bed in the morning. And everyone talks mm. about it. But I think, if I remember correctly, Seb, you and I had this conversation last time. If everyone's saying the same thing, surely there's a lesson there. Was it you and yeah. I, or was it someone else? Yeah, I'm sure we've had we've had many chats, yeah. and they, they normally end up with some sort of epiphany. So I'm sure. <laughs> in, in this time of uncertainty that we're in, there's all these different theories and narratives around what is the truth. But you've got to look at the patterns. Where do you see the pattern of people speaking the same thing? If there's the same narrative that's being spoken over and over again, you just have to question. You can mm. make up your own mind. You can choose your own beliefs. That's the cool thing about being a human is you can choose anything. And it starts with your beliefs. But always, I said this to a client the other day, look for the patterns. Yeah. 
this is the interesting thing. So if you're watching this right now and you are one of our followers or viewers on Facebook or YouTube, or even you're listening you know, to this on our podcast, um, which is out later in the month, and you're listening to just this episode, what I'd ask you to do is to look back at other episodes or other videos and see if you can find a pattern between what we're talking about and what other incredibly successful entrepreneurs and business owners um, you know, are, are talking about. And I think you'd be quite surprised at how similar a lot of these different things are. One of them is definitely having a very, very strong reason for what you're doing and having a very powerful why. And, and, and ultimately, I, I think, you know, we had, we had an amazing conversation with um, um, a business owner called Alexander Siri, who you may know. Um, and Alexander Siri spoke about how important resilience is. And how resilience is often nurtured and developed from having a very strong reason why you're doing what you're doing, right? And so, you know, the the challenge is for a lot of people who maybe they maybe they don't feel like they've got a very you know particular strong why. How how can they nurture that? How can they actually develop that? So first of all, we hear these stories of successful people that went through incredible hardships in their life. Now they've got this stamp forever that they're always going to have a massive why. But you don't have to have it. You can create it. Every why, every bit of meaning will come down to creating or having a story in your mind and in your heart of getting towards pleasure or getting away from pain. It's our natural motivational drivers. So whereas people with hardship have these moments of pain that they never want to experience again, you can also create pain in the present moment by doing NLP, by doing coaching, by doing hypnotherapy, by attending things like this where you raise your awareness to what could be, should be, might be, might not be, and create more pain and more pleasure. And if you don't feel like after watching a 45-minute interview that your motivational driver is uh, intrinsic enough, you know, in your body enough for you to go out and change your whole life, then keep working on it. Sit, meditate, journal every day. Have conversations with yourself about if you don't change, if you don't take action, if you don't adjust your life, where will you be five years from now? 10 years if you're a parent like you are if you don't make certain adjustments to your life what will the relationship or should i say the quality of your relationship be like with your kids 10 years from now whether because of ill health whether because of mental being mentally unwell whether because of stress and overwhelm um, you can create a motivational driver. You can create a powerful meaning in any moment in your life. But it takes you to sit down and create it. No one's going to create it for you. I always say at events that I speak at, I go into the audience and I say, if you came here thinking that I'm going to spray some kind of magic dust on you, you came to the wrong event. I'm not a magician. I'm incredibly aware through studying self-mastery and personal development for all of my life, right? That's, that's the cool thing about what I do. You can be, do your trading. You can do your martial arts school. You can be a builder. You can be a nurse and come learn from me because I've actually studied this stuff for all of my adult life. I've never done anything else. But when I give you those tools, you still have to put them to work. Otherwise, I can give you like 
Sebastian, you have a beautiful home. You can't go to the mall, buy the best tools in the world based on recommendations, based on courses you've done, based on seminars, put that, uh, put them in a cupboard at home and just namaste, you know, and hope that your house never breaks down. You have to know which tool to use. You have to have the tool. You have to know which tool to use and you have to use the tool. So that's my answer for creating a powerful meaning. But if you don't have a powerful meaning for your life, without any judgment whatsoever, you're going to be settling because there's no, there's no person of greatness that achieved great things that when asked, why did you never give up, that they just said, oh, I don't know, I was bored. Mm. Yeah. Do, oh, do you know what? We, I just showed up. No, there's no. always a powerful meaning. I am. I wanted to be. My purpose was. I'm sorry, you continue. But there's always a powerful meaning. It's just a case of whether or not you found it or not. Right? It's always there. It's just tapping into it. Right? The. Um, so I was, 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 was going Go on. Say one, sorry, sir. Um, the first place you want to look is what are your highest values? What are the five things in life that are most important to you? Non-negotiable. Like without these things, you, you are not happy, you are not fulfilled. Now, once you know what those are, you can cut out all of the noise and you go inside rather than outside. What I mean is this. If you don't know what is most important to you in your life, you will look for everything that is success on the outside. But if you know these things are important to me, kindness, compassion, kindness, compassion, family, freedom, and fitness, in no order, but those are my five highest values. Right now, they change all the time. I know that those are important to me. And it's not from seeing it on the outside, it's from knowing it on the inside. It's fulfillment. So for me, I need to create a meaning that is in alignment with those things. Otherwise, my life is what? incongruent mm. so, so for you it's more about creating the meaning rather than finding the meaning some you don't have to create it some people just have it in them because they've been through something my father killed himself at 30, when i was 13 years old so i had a very strong will to not get life uh, not get life wrong like my dad but I wanted to get life right. And where that came from was I didn't have to go to work on myself. It was an exception to the rule. I watched my father get life wrong through his attitude, through his drinking, through his womanizing, through his alcohol, did I say alcoholism, through his gambling. I saw what getting life wrong looks like, treating women with disrespect. So, so yeah, there's, if you don't have it, go create it because it'll, it'll give you a compelling future. It'll give you a clear vision. It'll give you ants in your pants every day, you know, not to the point that you're, you know, stressed out and overwhelmed and you're always busy, but it'll put a fire in your belly. Yeah. But some people yeah, just really. have it. Yeah. Some people just have it. And maybe it's because they got teased one day and mm. they want to say F you to the world. Uh, maybe it is they were inspired by a speaker that came into their school when they were a teenager. They never, ever forgot that speaker and they thought, you know, I want to be like that person. Maybe, yeah, it's, totally. it's, maybe it's fate that drives you. You know, you know, um, 
a lot of the conversations we've had, you know, I've, I've mentioned patterns a second ago. The, a lot of the conversations we've had from incredibly inspiring entrepreneurs and, and you know, speakers and so on, it's, it's often from a previous pain that kind of drives them forward to, to live out a certain passion or vision of their own. How important do you think it is to experience something which pushes you towards achieving something? And, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm saying that purely because we're getting a lot of questions from people asking, you know, I, I haven't necessarily experienced some of the, you know, we're, we're, off, we're often giving quite extreme examples here. Not, not on purpose, but they're naturally coming out, right? And um, through these talks with incredible people. Um, who have been through hardships and here they are and now they've overcome them and, and now they're experiencing success. But a lot of, a lot of people are asking, you know, it, you know, what, what's, what's the correlation between previous pain and future success? This is such a, an important question to ask because a lot of people watch platforms like this or speakers like this and they think, oh, I can't do that. I can't be free like that. I can't live out of the norm because I don't have a story like that. First of all, if I can just say a few answers to that question, but first of all, respectfully, I'll just say that being a speaker, it's very important that you have a story or create a story. So always understand, not to you, to the people listening to this, to the people watching, that a lot of speakers will go back in their life and they'll find a story. And they'll use it as what's called their hook. And that becomes the hook that they talk about. This is the thing that I got over. Most people have a story. But like myself and like other people, maybe on this platform, but speakers in general, they, when they started their career, they went and found the story. Before I was a speaker, Sebastian, I never said my story was my father's death and how I saw life wrong and I decided to get it right after getting it wrong for far too long and 23 years old, ending up in Riga, Latvia, coked up, drugged up, drunk up, just on my own. I created that story. It's the truth. It happened. But I had to put it into a story. So I didn't know that I had a story. I had to look at my life. And I had to uncover it. So what I would say to people listening is go back and find something in your life. And this is the exact question that was asked to me. What was the most pivotal moment in your life? What were the two or the most three pivotal moments of your life? That is part of your story. That is part of your pain. So that's the first, obviously, your accident. That's part of your story. Soon in the near future, this reinvention of your business, having schools and then having it stopped like that, that'll be part of your story. It was born out of a moment of adversity, struggle, challenge, pain. Mm. Maybe when we're in it, we don't recognize it, but we all have those stories. My accident last year, that's a, right, a story. Mm. I can give you many, many other stories. Yeah. I just speak about them. You know, being angry with my father and then only three years ago in my mid-30s, remember he took his life when I was 13, three years ago realizing that 
His own mother left him in an orphanage when he was five years old. Mm. And history and that, repeat. That made me forgive him. Sorry to interrupt, but I'll just finish that little bit of the story. Yeah. It made me realize more than ever before what I knew up here. It made me rem reminded me here that everyone behaves the way they do for a reason. Now, do you, you do, do you do you feel do you feel like there's an enormous amount of value from looking back, from looking back and trying to join up the dots, not 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 to live in the past but to purely join up the dots and understand why you're doing what you're doing, understand your values, understand the, the kind of natural trajectory you're going on. Okay. So first of all, I feel like I appreciate you wanting to move on, but I didn't really answer your last question yet. Okay. Yes. There's a very strong, I didn't even say there's a strong link between having a story. You can create the story. That's what I was saying. But to your question, how strong is the link? It's very right. strong because it, mm. it, it gives you meaning, but you don't have to have that story. Just be very clear. First, understand that people focus in on a story so that they can help them have a powerful message. Does that make sense? Yeah. Secondly, you can create a story and suffering is what going through suffering is actually your greatest success. The more you can learn to go through suffering, the more successful you will be. You've got to, as a student of life, you've got to be able to learn to turn pain into power and stories into, yeah, success. Stories into success. So the, so I hope that answers the question. It does. The, the next question was, can you just repeat it well, again? Well, I've, I've got a few more now. What was my next question? Um, do you know what? Based, based on what you've just said, you know, a, a, a part of me wants to, wants to tap into, you know, do you know what, guys? We haven't even started the podcast. Like, this isn't even on the agenda. <laughs> That's a classic combo between me and JP, though, right? As soon as we, as soon as we kick it off, it just rolls. So, um, one of the things that you and I are very aligned on is this kind of, it's not, it's not seeking adversity and it's not, it's not seeking pain or, or difficulty or whatever it is. It's, it's almost like we're collecting signals, which remind us to challenge who we are. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and a, and a big part of that is, is, you know, you're, 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 you, for instance, everything you do is like ultra. Okay. This is something I always give you a bit of banter for because you're telling me you're going on a walk and I'm like, it better be like an ultra walk, right? It's like, he's like walking like 50 miles. He shouldn't even be walking. <laughs> and, um, and so, you know, when it comes to your mindset around that, when it comes to your mindset around almost seeking challenges, you know, are going to be particularly painful or difficult or challenging. There's a huge element of you're doing this to develop your character because you know, it's going to level you up as a human being to a certain degree. Could you, could you yeah. tap into that a little bit? Just for our audience. Yeah. Thank you for asking this question because this is probably, you know, this is up there in one of the most important things that I love to share with people. Let's scrap um, the rest of the podcast then, and we'll just we'll just do this instead. Your uh, your last question came to me, so I'm going to answer that question first. You're a martial artist, right? Martial arts. If I turn sideways on my meditation pillow, 
in martial arts, you don't punch like this. You first go back. You pull back, and then you go forward. So it's, and it's that little bit back, just going a little bit backwards that gives you so much more power going forwards. And for me, that is incredibly important in life, remembering that taking a step back gives you personal power. It gives you physical power, but it gives you all different kinds of power. Mm. It gives you lessons. It gives you humility. When I say going back, I mean challenges, suffering, failures, uh, adversity, like you said, it gives you lessons. It gives you awareness. It gives you perspective. It gives you humility. It gives you gratitude. So going on to the next question, why is it important to seek growth through suffering? Because... And I could spend at least an hour talking about this, but I'm going to do my very best to just shrink it. And I know you could probably do We only know what we know. And what we know is our comfort zone. It's not uncomfortable to know what you know because it's already inside you. But you can't know everything. So for you to know more, whether through learning a language or running an ultramarathon, there is nothing comfortable in growth. Growing pains are suffering. Or well, growing pains are painful, right? Because you, you can't choose it. But like I'm learning Spanish right now. And there's nothing, com if I'm doing it in a comfortable way, wouldn't you agree that I'm settling for more than I can be? I'm settling for, I'm set, sorry, I'm, I'm settling to who I could be. Mm. I'm settling to the acceleration of what my life could be and what the accelerated growth I could have in my life. For me to get forward fast, I've got to put my foot on the accelerator. Like driving a car, when you put a foot fully down on the accelerator, what does it create? Speed, but stress. It creates a stressed environment when you're going at a fast speed. If you look at athletes, athletes spend their whole life in discomfort to jump one millimeter higher one second faster, reach the end of the pool one second quicker, pain and suffering, pain and suffering, pain and suffering for one second. But that one second could be the difference between winning and losing, can be the, the difference between self-perceived success and perceived failure, knowing that you gave it your all. And because we get good at whatever we practice, whether Buddhism, meditation, gratitude, or the latter, all the bad things in life, we get good at whatever we practice. So if you practice putting yourself through suffering and embracing pain, 
what are you doing? You're also getting used to changing and adapting and growing with accelerated speed. I never want to live a comfortable life. For years, I've said, I, you know, F average, F U C K average. Like, I don't want to live an average life because I know that I'm never going to be here. Maybe as a frog or horse, whatever, depending on what you believe, right? But as mm. me, as me, JP, I am here for one experience. And, and that experience that I want to have, I want it to be meaningful. I don't want to get to the end of my life. And after living a life of comfort, have you standing at my grave with my other friends and saying how okay I was? How my business, the impact that it made in the world was, eh, you're not really sure. Mm -hmm. I don't want my family thinking, oh, yeah, yeah. kind of miss him. Like, for me to be the best version of me, I need to be all in on that. Mm. You either need to be all in or all out. That's my belief anyway. And I don't know everything. I'm not a student. I spent the last year literally deciding that I don't even want to have a title anymore. Like I don't even want to be called a coach or a speaker or anything. I don't. I just don't care about those titles. I'm just someone that just really cares. I'm just really committed to, at an obsession level to learn how I can be the best version of myself. And I know, like I know, like I know from studying athletes, from studying business leaders, from studying martial arts masters, Kung Fu masters, um, previous uh, people of legendary of legacy that the greatest growth in life comes through willing to put yourself through suffering because you, you you know, I haven't even gone into the kind of simple version of this answer. But really what I've just done is, like I started saying at the beginning of this conversation, I've just gone into the meaning behind this mm. rather than strategy. You know, I, I One more thing, when I do an ultra marathon, I mean, I'm at home right now. I'm in a little village. Outside my house is a little block. And it's... Uh, it's 0.3 miles. And two weeks ago, I ran a marathon around it. So I had to do about 100 laps on my block. But let me tell you, I learned a lot about myself. My mind tried to trick me. And our mind tricks us every single day. Your mind will trick you, but guess what? You can trick your mind. You know how? When it says, I can't, say, up yours, I can. And the easiest way to instill that, that idea of I can't, but I can, is to go out and embrace suffering and pain. Mm. Think a, of lot to a lot to reflect on there. Sorry, the did you really got me started now. I just want to say one more thing. <laughs> Go for it. We're good at whatever we practice, whether Spanish mm. or fitness or Arabic, or speaking on stage, or learning how to talk to girls, it's not, it's not rocket science. It's common sense that if you do it enough times, you'll get good at it. Mm. So if you put yourself through pain and suffering, mm. a 
adversity. And in those moments, those little moments where your brain tries to trick you and says, I can't, and you say, never mind, I'll do it anyway. You've practiced overcoming yourself in that one moment. This mm. is so important. In that one little moment where you go from I can't to I can, you have instilled a new belief or a new piece of evidence that when you've done that 50 times, 100 times, 200 times, you now have so much evidence that without reasonable doubt, a conviction you believe on a cellular level, I can. Have you ever got to the end of a have you ever got have you ever got to the end of a set when you're training? Let's say you're lifting weights, JP. You got to the end of your set and there's a voice inside your head which says, Let's do 10 more reps, right? And a part of you is like, Well, I, I only signed up to 10 reps. I've done my 10 reps. But there's this voice in the back of your head which says, Let's do 10 more reps. Do you feel like if you don't live up to those extra 10 more reps, you're doing yourself a disservice? because you've already kind of subtly committed to it in the back of your mind. So first of all, I had that voice. I had sport growing up and I had a very bad mindset growing up because I believe life was happening to me. Then at 19, I started getting life wrong, partying a lot. At 23, I hit rock bottom. At 23 years old, I started to start getting my life right. I got back into fitness. And from 23 years old, I've had that voice. From the, interesting, the interesting thing is I've, I've, I've I've been surrounded by a lot of elite performers, professional athletes, a lot of my life. And when you talk about patterns emerging, that's one of them. It's not about physical performance. It's about mental performance. And that's the interesting thing, right? One of, one of the most interesting things I kind of, that, that struck me from what you've just said. And we've had... Before, you, before you go on to the next thing, just what happens there for everyone listening is... I like truth is, to me is so important and I'm very conscious of language and finding out what's a lie and what's a truth. And I've realized over the last decade and more in my life that usually we have two options. When we're debating something in our mind, there's two, two options. One will be a scarier, more uncomfortable. And the other one is the safe version. And in working out, you will know there's always two numbers. I'll just say that there's always two numbers. The <laughs> first one, direction. <laughs> the, most, the most uncomfortable one is the truth. Otherwise, listen carefully. Why would it come up? Yeah, totally. And, and, and ultimately, you have to well, make a decision. So many, how many times a day? How many times a day do you have to make a decision on which route you're going to take? And it's normally A or B, right? And A or, a or B, one is going to grow you, one is going to shrink you. And, and this is the, and, and for me, it's like, it's, it's, it's purely a mindset shift, right? And this is, this is the, the subtlety of elite performance for me. When I, when I, when I speak to people like you, who, who have that change in mindset, um, which I'm also familiar with, and from a lot of people I've spoken to, there's that pattern. Um, but, you know, I, I'd, li I'd like to talk about something which, which came up in what you just said. And we haven't even started the I mean, this, we haven't even got into self-mastery. I suppose this is it's all linked. It's all linked. Well, we got to talk about, but we're gonna have to do another one because literally, I'm not even finished on that last thing. What you, you know, you earlier, 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 JP said he's got 45 minutes, but I think I can keep him for 90 minutes. Let's just see. Let's see how good my questions are. 
So you can't drop bombs like that and just move on to the next thing. You're doing JP, that's my role. That's my role. You knew what you were signing up to. You knew what you were signing up to, man. <laughs> I'm like, JP, what's in your life? You've got 30 seconds. Yeah. One of the things you said, one of the things you said is, I can't remember, I can't remember exactly what you said. But you you, you spoke you spoke you spoke a lot of you, a lot of the things you were kind of insinuating towards was was almost like a legacy like like there's a there's a focus within you which is which is based on your legacy as a human being and for me a lot of the you know a lot of the times I've I've interviewed people in the past legacy only really comes up for most people when they either have children or they go through trauma. For you individually, what what is what is it that drives you to think about your legacy? So basically, I hate to see people suffering. That's it. For the long answer. I'll, well, I'll, I'll get into the long answer. <laughs> what I, what I, what I, what I, what I, what I really mean is was was there a turn? I mean, I, I, when you when you when you started your business, when you started coaching, you started everything you're doing. You started it off. Did you start it off from the very inception thinking I'm going to build a legacy or was there a, was there a specific turning point? Never use those words, but at 23 years old, when I realized I was getting life wrong, I decided, Hey, if I can get it wrong on my own coming to the UK from South Africa on an airplane at 20 years old on my own, if I can then from that point start getting my life wrong, I have no one to blame. Because I came on my own. It's no one else's fault but mine. So I thought if I can get it wrong, I must have learned how to do that. I didn't I wasn't getting life wrong when I came to the UK. It was a learnable skill. I was skillful at getting it wrong. So I had to unlearn how to do that and learn how to get life right. And after two and a half years, I realized I now had I was like two and a half years. Literally, the secret, reading the secret, listening to the secret, writing down the quotes, Tony Robbins every day, books, The Alchemist, this, that, boom, 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 just learning every day. And after two and a half years at 25 years old, I realized, man, I have the tools necessary to show other people how to do what I have done. And that reminded me of when I was 13 years old. If my father knew what I knew, if he had the awareness that I had, maybe, just maybe, he would have been around. So it was in that moment that I said, okay, for the rest of my life, I can't save my father from suffering, but maybe I can help others go from suffering to thriving or even just surviving to thriving. And that was where it came from. But to come back to uh, what you said, you know, about wanting to leave a legacy, it's very important because – I'm glad you asked this question and there's something that I really want to get across because some people say, oh, I don't want to leave a legacy. I just want to have a good life. Like that's, that's very selfish because human beings are going to suffer. And what do you, who, who do you, what do you think Prophet Muhammad left behind? A legacy that many, many years later, people can get out of their own suffering by listening to his words. Allah, Buddha, Krishna, Jesus Christ. Well, that's a legacy. People are able to save themselves from suicide because of reading someone's words that they left behind. Now, maybe you don't want to uh, 
uh, help people on that level. But why would you choose to not want to help as many people as possible? But also maybe someone in your, your family is suffering. And like, look, after my accident, I've had a real identity crisis, not being able to show up how I have done all of my life. I've had to sit still, stand still. It's played with my head, my emotions. So I'm going to be doing something where I'm hopefully going to be go to a part of England where my grandfather grew up. And I want to remember who he was. That's also a legacy. If my grandfather didn't stand for anything, then why would I want to even connect with him? Whether you write a book, whether you want to lead and influence your family and the next generation and the next generation and the next generation, either someone is going to change their life because of one thing you said. Let me say that again. Someone might change their whole life because of one thing you said while you were here. One thing you stood for might be the reason someone never quit. So we should all be wanting to leave a legacy. And of course, that's just my humble opinion. I don't know everything. I love that. I think that's, I think that's awesome. Why, why is leadership important? Okay, so everyone in the world is looking to be led. Everyone is looking to be inspired. That's why the greatest form of leadership is inspirational leadership. If we look at movie stars, if we look at the music industry, if we look at sports professionals or sports heroes, how much money do all of these people get paid? Millions. At the, at the creme de la creme level, in sports, television, and music, they all get paid millions. Why? Because of the viewership they get, the attention they get, uh, and the value that they provide. Everyone in the world wants to be inspired. We love to be inspired through movies, through art, through theater, through through seeing other people living their genius, living their greatness. So I very much believe that there's not a person in the world that doesn't like inspiration, whether it makes them feel more love, more gratitude. Everyone loves inspiration. So what does inspiration do? Inspiration influences us to maybe quit our job, get married, have the guts to talk to the opposite sex, get a divorce start our own business, get back into sports because we've been getting our life wrong for too long. But inspiration talks to our heart, not to our mind. And it, inspiration has the ability to open up our heart just a little bit that there's a gap for something new to come into our life. If everyone wants to be inspired, who is going to be the people that inspire others or those that need inspiration? Remember, everyone, everyone in the world, 8 billion people. Who's going to be those people? Leaders. Doesn't have to be leaders in sport and music and art and, and television and Hollywood or Bollywood. It's any leaders, anyone that is out there in the world giving inspiration and being of impact and being of influence. Every single person in the world is creating a ripple. 
Like a stone dropped into an ocean or a pond, it creates a ripple. The type of person that we are will depend on whether that ripple implodes on itself or whether it goes far beyond the drop of that stone. Every single one of us is creating a ripple. And it's very important, not just for our family and influencing our family, but our community, our business. And ultimately, if you choose the world or part of the world. So I just seen a comment come here. A great leader will have the passion to lead, not just the ability. Yes, heart leadership, inspirational leadership. Passion and inspiration uh, lies in the heart, not in the head. Anyone can be an organizational leader. All you have to do is pick up a bloody book. But it takes so much more to be an inspirational heart leader. So that's why leadership is important. The short answer, everyone is waiting to be led. The question is, will you be the one to lead them? And will it be in the right direction or the wrong direction? Because you leading those around you isn't a choice. You're doing it by showing up every day. You're already leading. The question is where? I love that. I think, you know, a lot of incredible insights from that heart leadership. You know, I, I think there's this incredible push for emotional intelligence within leadership now. And I think more and more people are, are steering that way. Um, influence is obviously a massive part of leadership, having the ability to influence yourself and other people. Could you talk to us about the, you know, influence and how to become a, a better influencer? I'm not talking about in Instagram influencing. I'm talking about real life <laughs> influencing. Ultimately, look, if, you, if you're an organizational leader, you might be leading people to want to make money or get a result for you or whatever. If you're a hard leader, what are you leading people to? Ultimately, you're leading people like the great leaders in the UAE you're leading people to a place of fullness. You want people to be full. I've seen a big theme, two themes in the UAE, health and happiness. To get your cup full, you have to be healthy and you have to be happy. And when you are full, you're able to give the very best of yourself. So if I can lead anyone to a place where they're no longer serving others from an empty cup or even a half full cup. You never have this resentment. You're never torn between whether you should serve or not serve or you don't have hesitation in your day. No, you fill yourself up first and then the overflow, you go bang, bang, bang and you lead and, and serve everyone around you. So what does that mean? If you're teaching others how to be the greatest leader than they can be, and by the way, that's one of the greatest traits of any leader, is the ability to create other great leaders. Create a ripple so strong that you create other ripples, and then those ripples create other ripples. So if you have to be able to, if you're able to do that, you have to be able to do it for yourself first. How could you ever be an extraordinary leader 
leading and influencing people to a place in their life where their cup is full and they give the overflow to their family, business, and community. If your cup is empty, it doesn't make any sense. It's almost like you're living a lie and it's very incongruent. And people know, nature knows, we're a part of nature. When you are leaning with your cup half empty, you can look people in the eye and they know. They know. There's certain leaders in our world that we know their cup's not full. Should people listening will agree. You know they're missing something. Or there's something going on in their life. Or you see the patterns of their life and how they show up in one way and not in another. Or you have people talking about health that are morbidly obese. And that's not a judgment, but that is incongruent. And for you to lead people in the best way, they need to be able to trust you. How can you trust someone that's unhealthy to lead you to a place of health? How can you trust someone that doesn't have financial or emotional abundance that's trying to teach you of how to be rich? It doesn't make sense. So leading others starts with leading self. Leadership is an inside job. I love that. Leadership is an inside job. I think that's so true. Lead, lead you know, setting an example, leading by example, right? So, so there's four, ways, there's four ways to lead. There's four ways to influence. If you're a great leader, you have a great, amazing ability to influence people through your presence, through your body language, through your voice, through written word, through your presence online, through your leadership in, in organizations. But great leaders have the ability to influence, like Nelson Mandela. His words were able to influence the direction of our country. Now, it hasn't worked out the way he planned, but South Africa changed like that because he was able to influence people. Imagine he was inspiring, but he wasn't able to influence people. He wouldn't have had an impact or an effect. He wouldn't have infected people. Right? Talk, this is time to talk about infection. So... If you want to be a great leader that can influence, you've got to be able to influence yourself. There's four areas of influence. It's your physical self. To come back to what I said before. It's your emotional self. How you feel. It's your mental self. Your knowledge, your awareness, your intelligence. This is the lear learnable skills here. And then on the top of the pyramid, is your spiritual self. Whether by faith or by practice, or faith and practice, whatever your beliefs are. If you believe that life is about you and you're not created to a higher power of any kind, you're never going to be able to lead people to be the best version of themselves. Because most people, if not all people, are connected to something greater than themselves. That's where they find their faith, their trust, their hope, their purpose. So you need to have that level of connection to whether it's something below you or above you or all around you or all three. And the highest level of spiritual influence is the one thing that all relationships have in common, and that's love. 
If you don't know how to practice love, see love, talk love, see the world and others from your heart and not from your eyes. And also, to if you don't know how to be love, then you're never going to be the best leader that you can be. To have a high level of self-influence when it comes to spirituality is to live an altruistic life. You have so much spiritual influence that the ego almost disappears. And you don't say me, me, me. You say we, 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 or you, you, you. We've got an interesting comment here from Dinesh. Born, not made. Personal view. Um, and thanks, Dinesh, for the comment. I'm, not really I'm, curious. Sure I'm curious to hear. I'm curious to hear JP's uh, response. Are leaders born or are leaders made? Oh, right. Thank you, Dinesh. Okay. Uh, I think we all come into this world. And, and thank you for putting that there. It is my personal opinion, obviously. I'm sure some people would agree. But we all come into this world as love. As cheesy as that sounds, just stick with me for a second. We don't have a personality. We don't have fears. We don't have limitations. So what do we have? We have the ability to love and be loved. But as we get conditioned into our life, in our life, and as we find our rules for life, you are going to naturally be a leader growing up because of your conditioning in the first seven years of your life, or you're going to have to work at it your whole life. I was not, I am a great leader now. I can say that because I've got the confirmation of it, but I'm, I, I am very self-aware. I know that I'm a good leader. I'm not perfect, but I lead through truth and vulnerability and perspective and, and self-awareness and my own self-education. I don't know everything. I always say that, but it wasn't like that for me growing up. I, I, I was not a leader of any kind. So I wasn't born a leader. I believe that, and this is no speaker's story. I, you know, I believe that life was happening to me. I believe that everything was unfair. I believe that everyone around me had more friends than me, more fun than me, more love than me, more acceptance than me, more popularity, more girls, more luxuries I just was such a victim to life but i made myself into a leader so whether other people wouldn't have been born a leader but because of their environment because of one their role models two their environment and three the experience of intensity in their life like birthdays and celebrations and holidays or on the flip side of that you know, seeing a car crash or whatever, or parents' divorce, the role models you have, the environment you're brought up in, and the experience of intensity that you have, this will shape whether you believe life is happening for you or whether mm. it's happening to you. So I, I do I do think it's both, but I do I think you're a natural leader growing up and some aren't. I think if you're willing to work hard enough, anyone can be a leader. And you can turn all of your pain into your personal power. 
And if you're really good at it, the more pain you have, the more powerful you become. But I believe everyone comes into this world as one thing and one thing alone. And that's just unconditional love. Mm. Interesting question here from, or statement here from Tim, from a quote. I think you can learn it. So, so talking about that you know, argument of, are you born with it? Do you learn it? Do you become a leader? Um, and obviously the insights you just brought. Um, I think you can learn it. Tim says, innovation distinguishes between a leader and a follower, Steve Jobs. And would you agree with that, JP? Well, that's why I just said, you know, that you can learn it. Leadership is a learnable skill. More, more, more so the, the, you know, the, the innovation side. So once again, for me, innovation is, is love. What is innovation? Innovation is wanting to take something that exists and make it better. Why would you do that? Because of love. Or innovation is creating something that doesn't exist for the better of the world or for the better of people in the world. So innovation comes from love. And love is our most highest form of existence. All decisions we make, all thoughts we have, all actions we take are all based on love or fear. Like the two decision thing we said before, you're at a restaurant, the bill comes, you have two amounts go in your hand, bang, bang, to 10% or 30%. Why did two amounts come in your head? Because one was from fear, it's too much. And the other one was from love. I want to show gratitude. So if we can get better at influencing ourselves physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually, we can be better decision makers. And we act and decide more from a place of love. And when you decide more from a place of love, you are more in your genius. You are more mm. creative. And to come back to the comment, when you're in that space of living in the alpha and mm. you're creative, and you're in your genius, and you're in flow, all those things. Like you had to be in flow when you were doing your sports. That mm. is where you innovate. Innovation, creativity, leadership all, all emerge within that kind of state, right? When you're in fear, when you, when you aren't good at influencing yourself, you're going to always feel out of balance of some kind. Mm. And now you're just looking to survive. And when you're in survival mode, you're always in fight or flight. You're always in past or future. You're always up or down. You're never in balance, and therefore you have beta brain waves. And when you're in beta, you can't be in creativity because the mind is just looking to direct the body to survive. Yeah, yeah, completely. That's why the great leaders meditate. Yeah, guys, so hopefully, hopefully everyone's uh, taking that all in. There's exceptions to the rule, but if you look at the pattern, like we discussed. Yeah. Look at the patterns. 80% of highly successful in brackets fulfilled in success, they all sit and meditate. Mm. What are they doing? They're leading inside first. Totally. Le leading, leading from within. What, what, was, what was the statement you said? Leading, is it, was it leading from within? No, leadership is an inside game. Le leading is an inside job. Yeah, I love that. Inside Amazing. Job. Um, inside job, yeah. <laughs> Amazing insights, guys. And JP, tell tell us about the, the 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 program you run, the group, the community, the tribe you run. Uh, Best Life MBA. 
mastering yourself. I've, I've, so, I've had the honor of, of, of being a part of that for a very, very brief moment. Um, but I, I'd, lo I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about that. So, you know, a lot of our followers or listeners in the podcast can get a better insight, you know, about what it is you do and, and your community and how to get in touch with you. First of all, you should be in there as my guest. I don't know why you're not in there. Let's do it. Uh, Straight off this, let's just roll. Yeah, definitely you should be in there. But uh, just the reason why it's called Best Life MBA is in my own journey, all I've ever wanted to do is live my best life in those four areas. Uh, I don't add, there's also obviously financial added to the four of physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, there's financial, but I don't put it there because I think if you're, you're, if you're full physically, full emotionally, fully mentally, and full spiritually, money is just energy and it's going to come to you. It's going to keep coming to you over and over again. Money mastery is an inside game. There you go. So everything that I've learned in my life has been through self-education. I've never been to university, never been to college, never done an MBA. And the desired outcome in me being a student climbing the mountain of my own life, I'm able to share what I know with others. And that's why I call it the Best Life MBA or Best Life MBA. And what it is is a, a closed Facebook community because you are your friends and who you surround yourself with. I'm the coach there. I show up every week in that private Facebook group and we do live videos. And we do monthly fitness challenges because everything in the world is energy. And if you don't use it, you lose it. So I keep people energized. We keep them accountable. We have a body transformation going on right now. And we do weekly coaching sessions. And the community hold each other accountable through the Facebook group. They have a WhatsApp group. And, yeah, that's it. Clarity through coaching and accountability through community. If anyone's interested in being a part of that, and just from my own personal experience, that is an incredible group. It's, it's not your typical group, guys. It's, it's, a, it's an incredible group full of innovation, insights, and leadership from JP, leading from within, as he's mentioned. Um, if you'd like to hear more about what JP does um, and you know, gain more insights like you've gained today, if you're watching today or you're listening on the podcast, what's the, what's the name of the, or the, or the link or how, how can they find the group, JP? So it's uh, .com, bestlifemba.com. And it's bestlifemba.com. Uh, yeah, it's an online coaching membership for self-mastery, covering mind mastery, body mastery, and heart mastery. Amazing. Absolutely love that. We've, um, I'm making a habit of whenever you come on, we, we take you way over your, your specified limit. <laughs> it's meant to be 45 minutes, guys. We're, we're 65 minutes in, but sometimes it just goes that way. JP, um, thank you so much for coming on, mate. Um, I, I really think... Anyone listening right now would have gained an enormous amount of value from that. So uh, massively appreciate your time. Well, thanks for having me. Thanks to everyone for listening. I'm sure I'll connect with some of you outside of this platform. And Seb, uh, let's have an online beer or something like that in the near future. Let's do it. Take care. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to be the first to get access to our live interviews, then head over to f10x.com to apply to be a part of our online community.